Section 66 of Word Portraits of Famous Writers. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Marianne. Word Portraits of Famous Writers, edited by Mabel E. Watton. William McGinn, 1793-1842. From William McGinn's Miscellanies. All were standing, all were listening to someone who sat in the middle of a group. A low-seated man, short in stature, was uttering pleasantries and scattering witticisms about him with the careless glee of his country. His articulation was impeded by a stutter, yet the sentences he stammered forth were brilliant repartees uttered without sharpness and edged rather with humour than with satire. His countenance was rather agreeable than striking, its expression sweet rather than bright. The grey hair, coming straight over his forehead, gave a singular appearance to a face still bearing the attributes of youth. He was thirty or thereabouts, but his thoughtful brow, his hair, and the paleness of his complexion gave him many of the attributes of age. His conversation was careless and off-hand, and, but for the impediment of speech, would have had the charm of a rich comedy. His choice of words was such as I have rarely met with in any of my contemporaries. 1824. From Bentley's Miscellany, 1842. I dined today at the Salopian with Dr. McGinn. He is a most remarkable fellow. His flow of ideas is incredibly quick, and his articulation so rapid that it is difficult to follow him. He is altogether a person of vast acuteness, celerity of apprehension, and indefatigable activity both of mind and body. He is about my own height but I could allow him an inch round the chest. His forehead is very finely developed, his organ of language and ideality large, and his reasoning faculties excellent. His hair is quite grey, although he does not look more than forty. I imagined he was much older-looking, and that he wore a wig. While conversing his eye is never a moment at rest. In fact his whole body is in motion, and he keeps scrawling grotesque figures upon the paper before him, and rubbing them out as fast as he draws them. He and Gifford are, as you know, joint editors of The Standard. From The Dublin University Magazine, 1844 Well does the writer of this notice recollect the feelings with which he first wended to the residence of his late friend. He was then but a mere boy, fresh from the university. He went and was shown upstairs. The doctor was not at home, but was momentarily expected. Suddenly, when his heart almost sank within him, a light step was heard ascending the stairs. It could not be a man's foot. No, it was too delicate for that. It must, certainly, be the nursery maid. The step was arrested at the door, a brief interval, and McGinn entered. The spell vanished like lightning, and the visitor took heart in a moment. No formal-looking personage, in contemporary suit of solemn black, stood before him, but a slight, boyish, careless figure, with a blue eye, the mildest ever seen, hair not exactly white, but of a sunned snow-colour, an easy familiar smile, and a countenance that you would be more inclined to laugh with than feel terror from. He bounded across the room with a most unscholar-like eagerness, and warmly welcomed the visitor, asking him a thousand questions, and putting him at ease with himself in a moment. Then, taking his arm, both sallied forth into the street, where, for a long time, the visitor was in doubt whether it was McGinn to whom he was really talking as familiarly as if he were his brother, or whether the whole was a dream. 
and such indeed was the impression generally made upon the minds of all strangers but as in the present case it was dispelled instantly the living original appeared then was to be seen the kindness and gentleness of heart which tinged every word and gesture with sweetness the suavity and mildness so strongly the reverse of what was to be expected from the most galling satirist of the day the openness of soul and countenance that disarmed even the bitterest of his opponents the utter absence of anything like prejudice and bigotry from him the ablest and most devoted champion of the church and state no pedantry in his language no stateliness of style no forced metaphors no inappropriate anecdote no overwhelming confidence all easy simple agreeable and unzoned end of section sixty six